Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, we are live, and I can't see ourselves up on the screen, Preston. I don't know why. That happened before. <laughs> the, well, the welcome trial. to the world of doing live stuff, right? Crazy, but we everybody can hear us, I'm assuming, correct? Uh, today, I'm talking. I'm going to keep going with it. We're not going to mess around with it today. Um, today, we are talking with somebody that uh, has secretly helped us in my painting company for for years tom reber of the contractor fight he has helped tons of painting contractors contractors pond contractors landscapers i mean you can go on and on um again whether whether you're a painting contractor it doesn't matter um he can help us get get out of the 1970s and in with the the current way that you should be doing things uh so well, welcome tom i appreciate you coming on today man i, I appreciate you having me it's an honor to you know, get on here and have a conversation with you. I appreciate you thinking of me. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, let's just jump right into it. So we've all been dealing with with the coronavirus and the mm -hmm. pandemic, and we're all locked in inside the house. And then all of a sudden, everybody seems to to think that they've created the virtual estimate. Yeah. Um, but now you've been teaching that for, for years. I know you have because I've watched mm -hmm. you on YouTube many years ago talking about it. Could you could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. You know this this uh, virtual sales thing. To me, it's funny. We never actually used the word virtual sales because us, it was just sales. It was just a new way, new new to us as contractors of um, getting off the hamster wheel and taking back some of our time and not just allowing ourselves to run around all the time and you know beat everyone's beck and call when somebody wasn't going to be a good fit for you. I mean, how many times have we heard the thing, you know, uh, just leave the bid in the mailbox, right? And we'll get back to you. And 
um, come on out. I mean, I remember one time Ryan going out to a house thinking I'm the only guy that'd be there. And there was like seven other painting contractors that showed up <laughs> at the same time. We're all walking around the house, like rolling our eyes at each other. And so, um, but six years ago or so we kind of took, um, a couple of my partners and I took, um, uh, just concepts that we'd learned through all the years of many different sales training programs that we'd been a part of and kind of put them all together in a way that helped us pre-qualify people really just on the telephone through a, a few pictures and just an honest conversation that's really rooted in what we call step one of our process is the motive. Just what's their motive? And, um, and that alone uh, saves people generally right out of the gate when you really commit to it about 40% of your estimating time. Uh, and then what you see is you'll see an increase in average job size uh, and more importantly, an increase in money in your pocket at the end of the year. So why why are we so stubborn? And I say we as uh, mm -hmm. I mean, painting contractors, because that's what I know. Yeah, we are stubborn. Well, we're, we're extremely stubborn. But I think I think it's um, I think it's a comfort zone issue. I, th I think we've been conditioned and trained through the years to have to do things a certain way. You know, earlier today, I was on um, uh, uh, um, a podcast with Todd DeWalt, and uh, and it's uh, him and I were talking. He he shared a story of, I think it was the meatloaf. Hey, there we are. Now I can see you. Yep, we're good now. Um, thank you yeah. to my son. Preston. All good. <laughs> um, he shared a story of the meatloaf where, you know, this little girl's helping her mom cook the meatloaf and mom cuts the ends of the meatloaf off and puts it in the pan. And she says, mom, why do we do that? And she says, I don't know. We've just always done it that way. I got it from your grandmother. And when they asked the grandmother, I don't know, we just always did it that way. Long story short, they get to the great grandma and the great grandmother says, well, I started out. I didn't have a pan big enough to fit the meatloaf. I had to cut the edges off and put it in there. Well, now I have a new pan and I don't do that anymore. So we just repeat the things that we learn you know, from people that have gone before us, right? You know, you got your uncle. My uncle was a contractor. My dad was a contractor. My grandfather was a contractor. And what did they do? What did they charge? How did they do things? So I think it just becomes, number one, what we're trained to do, and number two, what we're comfortable with. And um, then then you come along and you, you realize, you know, I don't, I don't have to do things the way everyone did anymore. I mean, this whole just run around, give us all your wisdom and your knowledge, and we'll let you know when it's good for us, if you're a good fit for us. That's a bunch of BS. Um, we're the experts in what we do, and we need to start acting like it. And really, it starts with us just taking control of our mindset, saying, I'm choosing to be successful. And number two, um, you've got to have a process. And most contractors don't have a process. And the process is usually whoever calls, do they have a pulse? And we run out and start this whole ridiculous, crazy thing that makes us tired and steals from our family. How, how did you yourself? So obviously, did you do things wrong for a long time before you realized that uh, we have to change this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I ran around thousands of times through a decade, wasting time with unicorns, you know, people that were never going to be my client and uh, played the game, negotiated against myself before I hit send on the bid at night and all those things, right? You know, the, the number one, I did it probably hundreds of times, but the one time it stood out was, I had a bid, it was like 12,200 bucks. That's just what the math said, right? You got to trust the math. The math's not emotional like we are. Does The math doesn't have head trash. And I, um, it was like 1130, 12 o'clock at night, and I was going to hit send. I'm like, ah, I got to get it under... 12 grand. So there's an 11 and not a 12, you know, at the beginning of the number. And, and so I end up 
you know, knocking 300 bucks off or whatever. And I send the thing for like 11, nine, they, I get an email first thing in the morning. They're like, Oh, thank God. We thought it was going to be like 20, 25 grand, you know? And that's what they had in their mind. Yet I just stole from my family in many ways in that situation. So, um, and I've, I've been there and, um, and I, I get it, you know, we, it, and it's the same in every trade, every single trade has the same stuff, but I will say painters have a special place in that we complicate everything. Yes. Painters complicate things more than any other trade. I know they nitpick anything. Um, they, you know, painters give us the most pushback about our sales process. Like we tell people how we teach them how to get you to send a picture or upload it on your website and this and that. Um, and by far two to one ratio painters complain about it and have a problem with it more than any other trade. And I know a lot of other painting contractors across the United States, as, as I'm sure you do and you work with, um, and you, you just see the, the excuses. It's not going to work. Yeah. Um, other companies are going to come in and do their, their estimates in person. Um, nobody wants to do it on a phone. They, they're not going to send you the pictures. I mean, the excuse after excuse after excuse. And, you know, because of your advice... Uh, that you gave me, but you didn't know that you gave me. I, I haven't done a kitchen cabinet painting estimate in person probably in two years. Um, nice, nice. Save so much time. So how do you how do you convince somebody old school mm -hmm. who's doing their estimates on a piece of paper or a napkin to to go with your process? Well, that old school, I'm no different than that old school guy. Cause there's a lot of things that I've been taught through the years that people had a different or different way than I had been doing things that, uh, I just wasn't ready for at the time. You know what I mean? So I, I don't think it's a matter of convincing somebody. I think it's a matter of when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And I, I think when somebody's pain is great enough to where they're sick and tired of all the windshield time, they're sick and tired of going standing in front of somebody's, you know, knowing that they're one of three, four, five, eight bids knowing that, you know, they're on somebody else's processor system and not on their own. Um, you know, how many, how many family dinners are you going to be late for? How many times are you going to, I mean, Ryan, we did, the, we do the math like pretty much every year with our members. We have, I don't know, 340, 350 members in our sales Academy thing. And we do the math every year with guys and do some surveys. And on average, a specialty contractor spends about four hours of their life on every lead every estimate, if you want to call it that, give or take. Right. Um, and when you, when you put that into real time, you know, if you have a hundred leads, that's like 10 weeks of your year, hmm. you know, of just time. And, and, and if you're a 50% close rate, let's just say you're 50% close rate, which a lot of guys are like, Hey, I'd be good with that. Right. Um, that still means you spent five weeks of your life running around that you didn't need to. And this is what I believe is one of the root things of why contractors have such a hard time. Um, they always say, I don't have time to market my business. I don't have time to train my people. I'm wearing all these hats. It's because we're spending five to 10 weeks a year, depending on how many leads you get, you know, um, chasing people and, and hoping people are going to hire you that would never in a million years be your customer. And so we just wanted to, you know, come out of the gate here and just go, how do we know using this thing here called the telephone? How can we use this thing, have an honest conversation? Um, and what we found is the customers loved it. For six years, the customers have loved it. It's only contractors that, you know, complain about it. It's never the customer. Because, dude, we, you could go online right now on, on your phone and get a mortgage. 
Like, just think about that. You're going to tell me you can't sell a kitchen cabinet job, which you are, right? So it's like, um, we got guys that are selling, you know, two, $200,000 backyard getaways. They're selling, one guy was making soup with his daughter in the kitchen, sold a $4,500, you know, little handyman project. Uh, we got guys selling new home construction, like brand new houses, um, over a couple conversations over the course of a week or two. And he never met the person until they got together to sign the contract. Um, I'm just, I'm blown away. It, it's, it's worked a lot better than I honestly ever thought it would. Uh, and it all just started on trying to just save some time and bring some respect and dignity back to us as, as contractors, you know? And some of the, some of the areas, you know, them well, that, that we used to, and still do waste a lot of time with our itemizing estimates mm -hmm. and they're not even interested in using us. Yeah. Um, that takes so much time. Uh, how, how can we stop that from the gate? Again, I, it's going to be that, that first phone call, I assume that you make. Yeah. It's all the motive. You know, we, we have five steps. We break it down. It's step one's the motive. Why are they buying? Why are we having this conversation? Number two, we get into budget. We actually, you know, I'll give you guys something here today. We'll hundred percent of the time you'll, you'll get somebody's budget before you ever go out and meet with them. Um, step three is what would happen if I came out there? What's it? We call it the truth. What's the truth zone. Um, if, if, and it sounds like this, Ryan, you know, we established 10 grand or so is what you want to spend. What's going to happen if, if you invite me out to the house and I actually come out there and I walk around and we formalize it and I tell you it's 10 grand, what are we doing next? That's the truth zone that we call it. And if they say, oh, we're going to get some other bids and stuff, we actually pull it away and say, go get your other bids. You don't like somebody, call us back and we'll pick it back up. And that wow. takes a set on you. It takes a set. It's <laughs> scary to do that. Um, but it exudes a confidence from you as the contractor. And so, um, you know, and then we get into decision makers, right? We call influencers in our, you know, and then, and, and then the BS meter of the fifth step is the consultation fee. Um, so we actually encourage people to don't ever, don't ever, ever, ever type up a proposal or an estimate unless you're going to get paid either a, a consultation fee for your time, or you're going to write me a deposit check. And, and it's, uh, and some people, you know, we got guys that are, uh, we got one painter I'm thinking of right now does hundreds of jobs a year and they don't charge a consult fee, but he uses the process in the prequal so that it's really a non-issue. A lot of people think charging for estimates is the issue. That's not the issue. The issue is really understanding and connecting with the prospect and seeing if we're a good fit. And if we're a good fit, that's not even, nobody cares about the estimate fee. You know, so the goal is not to get an estimate fee. The goal is to get a deposit check or to cross you off my list and move on. And, um, you know, but it's, um, yeah, it can be scary, but that's why we role play and we practice and we push people. We have a belt system, green belt and on up and things like that for numbers of role plays. Cause you know, it's like anything, you know, if you're going to be a professional golfer, you go to the driving range every day. If you're going to be a professional salesperson, you would think you would role play every day. Um, you know, now, I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm the same personality as you and I'll, mm -hmm. I like to just throw it out there and see how people react. Uh, but how, what about my team? How, how do I, cause sometimes I'll say things to my team and I can see the look in their eye that, Hey, you're, you're really uh, freaking crazy or mm -hmm. nobody's going to buy that. Nobody's going to listen to me. Uh, and then we, we go back to the same old bad habits of people ghosting us. Yeah. Um, down the line, all the other things that, that go wrong for a salesperson. Mm -hmm. How do I convince my team? Well, it's anything with our team starts at the top, you know, and th that's why it's lonely at the top as a leader sometimes, you know. 
Um, I'll, I'll tell you what, we started our, uh, when I started the contractor fight, I had a lot of people that were like, you're doing all these YouTube videos and podcasts. When's the money going to start rolling in, you know, mentors of mine and partners and things like that. And it was, it was lonely a lot. Cause I was like, I know where I'm going with this. Trust me. I know what I'm doing. And, uh, and now it's, it's gone crazy because as the leader, I had a clear vision of where I wanted to go. So I think for anybody that's struggling, getting their team on board with anything, uh, they're going to rally behind your vision and where we're going and your confidence in those things. Um, and then I think when you work on you, you know, let's just talk, you know, the owner learning to sell in this different way, when you really commit and you go put the role plays in and you, you start having the success, the proof's in the pudding. You know, I got guys, uh, you know, we work, we do a lot of like uh, half day and late day long, uh, even virtual workshops, you know, zoom calls and stuff with companies that have sales teams and stuff. And, um, when the, sometimes the owner will be like, well, I'm going to follow this thing. And their top sales guy who's been in the industry for 20 years and knows everything, right. He's bounced around contracting company to contracting company. You know, he's content running around and shooting out free estimates and all this garbage. Um, and then a couple months later, we'll compare their sales numbers. And what's funny, um, the old school guy will usually have about the same close rate and, you know, same gross profit. And the guy who's embraced just that new, uncomfortable way of thinking, um, I shouldn't say this because especially since we're live, we can't edit this. But in many cases, this is just the elephant in the room. In many cases, the closing rate will actually go down. But average job size goes up. Gross profit goes up. Um, you know, if you're selling a job, if your average job size is five grand, you can expect 5,500 to 7,500 like that. So you actually, you want your close rate to go down in some ways because it means you're running around less. You know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. um, one of the things that we track a lot of times people go, all right, you have a hundred leads come in and you sell 43 of them. That's a 43% close rate on the leads that come in. We actually track how many jobs do you sell when you stand in front of another human being? So when you actually physically go meet something, that's the metric that we actually track the most. And, and, um, a lot of times, you know, I mean, we got, we got members that are honest to God, it blows my mind. They're hundred percent for three years running that every time they've gone and met a prospect, they've gotten a deposit check. Now they lost a lot on the phone. They've sold a lot on the phone. Sometimes the goal isn't to sell over the phone, but it's the byproduct of this process a lot of times. And so, but if you're doing it right, you can expect to go out and sell north of 85, 90% of your physical in-person meetings. And then the other times that you go out there and don't get it, you'll get a consult fee for 500 bucks and walk away for your time. Wow. Yeah. And it's, um, but it takes guts, man. It just, it takes guts. You got to be willing to, to, um, to kind of be alone a little bit there, but, um, but then that'll rally your team when they see that, like, um, when you're selling at higher rates, you got higher gross profit. You have more time to invest in your team. You have more money to invest in them. Now you have better benefits for them. They'll get on board real quick. Does this eliminate the follow-up process? A lot of it. That I yeah. hate. Yeah. I mean, I, dude, I remember, uh, I, I remember having lists of 30, 40 people to call in a week. Right. And just like, and, and I always felt like I was groveling. Hey, Ryan, it's Tom. I'm just calling to follow up. And, 
see where things are at, you know, the routine, and then they ghost you. And then there's all these techniques that other companies have taught us. And I'm not knock, knocking those, but it's like the fall on the sword technique and all. So they get them to call you back. And yeah, it's pretty much, um, it, it's, a, there's still some follow-up certainly, you know, cause sometimes when you take it away, you're like, you know, one of the best questions you can ask somebody right now is they call you, Hey, I want an estimate on kitchen cabinets or whatever. You can say, you know, Hey Ryan, what, what, phase are we in right now? Are we ready to pull the trigger and schedule the job? Or are we just in the getting ideas and numbers phase? Like hmm. that one question right there will save a lot of people a lot of time. Um, you know, another thing that'll save people time and get rid of your tire kickers. You know, I said earlier, I'd share how to get the budget. Um, once you understand somebody's motive, let's say, you know, it's most important it's done by this date and here's things that are important to us to make it a great experience and blah, blah, blah. You want to recap it back to people and go, Ryan, what I'm hearing is it's, really important. It's done by this date. And to make this a great experience, your wife's not going to have a to-do list of cleaning things up when whoever you hire is done and blah, right. We recite back what's really important to them. And then you transition into the money once you really understand the motive. And it might sound like this. So Ryan, listen, we could, I, I think I have a good handle on this. And then I'm going to share it back with you just like I did. I want to make sure I have this right. Did I get that right? Yeah, Tom, you got that right. Then we said, well, listen, I have one of two ways that we can approach this project. All right. The first way is we could come in and, um, you know, let me use a, I'll, I'll use, a, um, let me use a backyard example. Okay. Just cause it's easier to bracket this way. I might say we could come in there, build you a crazy water feature, amazing outdoor kitchen. We can change the elevation of some of this and blah, 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 and plantings and, we could build you a backyard that's going to be in all the local magazines, design magazines, landscape architecture ma magazines, you know, and that might be 150 to 200, $250,000. Or we could come out, build you a nice hardscape patio here, put a simple water feature with a little stream here for 30 to 40 grand. Okay. So I bracketed, I painted two different pictures and then all seriously, people, if you don't get anything from this, do this on your next phone call with somebody. Ryan, which conversation does it make sense for us to have? And just shut your mouth. They'll tell you what the budget is every time. And if it wasn't 30 to 40 grand, they're going to go, oh my God, even your lower numbers, like way more than all the other bids we got. And then that's the second part. Simple question. Well, Ryan, then what do you think we should do next? And just shut your mouth. A lot of times they'll go, hey, thanks for your time. Boom, gone. Save myself four hours. Sometimes they'll say, this is why role plays are so important. Sometimes they'll say, well, why don't you come on out anyway and just give me an estimate? You know, and because I know we're looking at a picture and having a conversation. We want an exact number. And this is where it's like, hey, Ryan, I'd love to come out. I can't wait to come out and meet you, shake your hands. I think that'd be great. But listen, um, let's pretend I came out and told you it was still 30 to 40 grand. What would happen next? Shut your mouth. And so the whole process here is all designed for you to take, for you to take control by giving them control, if that makes sense, but you're yes. guiding this thing. And, um, but it takes practice, man. Just like, you know, one of my, uh, my, my original business partner in our sales Academy, Steve, he, he uses the golf analogy and he's, he's not a golfer and neither am I, but he's like, the first thing a golf instructor does is teaches you how to hold the club. You've been holding the club a certain way your whole life growing up. Your feet have been a certain way the whole life, your whole life growing up. 
you have to be willing to just change your grip if you want to get better. And that's kind of the same thing here. And it's going to take some balls, really. <laughs> it does. It, it It's scary as hell, man. You know, um, but the way we've been doing it, it just ain't working anymore. So do you do you envision uh, with the virus and everything happening that a lot of these old school salespeople are going to be uh, struggling, maybe out of a job if they don't adapt? Yeah, I think um, <laughs> uh, earlier today in the Construction Leading Edge podcast, I was a guest. I said with Todd DeWalt and he asked a similar question. And I said, once we as human beings have had a taste of convenience, we're never going back. Like, can you imagine life without the remote control right now? Ain't happening. So consumers who really never had a problem with this, by the way, but they've had a taste for curbside pickup. Now they've had a taste for this virtual estimate stuff and not having to adjust their schedule to meet with a bunch of contractors. Um, so from the consumer side, they're bought in. I'm telling you now, and yes, at some point you're always going to go out there. We always have to, we have to do a physical thing, right? But on the contractor side, what we're seeing, you know, I hop on LinkedIn, I hop on Facebook, I see Google ads, all this other stuff for all the sales trainers and coaching companies and companies that are trying to do virtual sales. Now they're simply taking their bad habits that they had in person and they're transferring it to a Zoom call with somebody. Um, we one of one of our members needed a window bid, and so this company's like, we do virtual estimates. He recorded like a minute of it on his phone for us and shared it with us. And the sales guy did nothing but just bleh, bleh, and rip the competitors. And he's showing this. There was no questions. There was no silence. There was no digging for the motive. It was just the same bad habits that every ninety percent of contractors do. They just took to the phone or the Zoom call. So that's what's going to happen if people don't really understand that this isn't so much about phone, Zoom, virtual, in person. It's truly about showing empathy, tactical listening, tactical empathy, listening, you know, really understanding and connecting with a, another human being. That's the heart of this thing. Uh, Tom, I must be a really good customer because when I have estimates, or go out and shop for anything, a car or whatever. Uh, if you give me a very professional uh, approach and presentation and the price is within my budget, uh, I'll buy from you. I don't need to have two, three, four. I've had yeah. people tell me they're getting six other estimates for the paint a bedroom. Yeah. Um, who's, who has trained these clients over the years to, to go about this three, four, five uh, estimate process? Um, I won't say the company's name, but one of the companies rhymes with phalanges gist. Okay. And it's, it's things like that. I'm just having fun here, but it's, I think a lot of it is these third party experts, you know, the, the HGTVs and the reality shows and all these things. There's a lot of value in some of that stuff, but for the most part, when somebody goes on a show or they go on you know, one of these third party sites and the, and the article says, you know, how to not get ripped off from a contractor, make sure you get 74 estimates and all <laughs> this other crap. Or on the reality shows, we see, you know, yeah, Bob and Mary were able to transform their house in 45 minutes for $700. 
you know, what you don't see is that the contractors all volunteered their time to work on the thing, to get exposure for their business and all this other garbage. So I just think a lot of it is the media and and the internet and stuff, which isn't bad, but at the heart of it, we've actually trained them. Okay. We've trained them because we're too chicken to talk about money up front or on the phone. Um, We've trained them because whenever they say jump, we jump. You know, so I think it's a combination. It starts with us, of course, but then I think all these other things. Um, I mean, if you Google how much to paint kitchen cabinets right now, you know, you know as well as I do, because we talk about content marketing a lot. I think you got to take control of those questions, right? And mm-hmm. you create the content. You- Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You Google that right now, whatever somebody's industry is, Home Advisor is going to have an article, Angie's List, HGTV, HomeWise, you know, whatever else. It's usually everybody but a contractor is in the first 10 of the Google search organically because contractors don't take their education and content marketing, inbound marketing seriously. So I just feel like if somebody's asking anything about your industry in your area, you should be owning that first page organically. I mean, they're, they're setting the prices for you guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, a good example is I went out and looked at an epoxy floor. So if you do epoxy floors, it's not the average home Joe mm-hmm. can go do it as epoxy floor. And we were talking last week about doing not only epoxy floor, but a polyasparic po- epoxy floor, which as soon as you mix the epoxy in a bucket, you have 15 minutes to get it onto the floor. Mm-hmm. And I had a homeowner look me in the face and say, I read it 
you know, on Google and I could really do this myself, but I wanted to see what it would, what it would cost to have somebody else do it, which is yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and, you know, hooray for them. If they can do <laughs> like, you know, who could do that themselves, a former painting contractor who's done it. Right. You know what I mean? Maybe you switch careers at some point and you decide to paint your own house. Of course, a guy like you could do it yourself. Okay. But the average person, you know, um, but again, this is where the education comes in. You know, we have a guy who, um, uh, several guys, one of our clients, I said, you need to make some videos on how you guys clean ponds out and stuff. Cause people are wanting to know why is it a thousand bucks to come clean my pond out? It's just a pond. Right. And, um, and, and everyone else is 250 bucks. And so they did, th they just did a lot of content over the past several years around this topic. And then most consumers now, when they call to schedule a pond cleaning, they'll shoot them a link to that article or that video and go, Hey, this is what goes into cleaning a pond, blah, 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 blah. Two things. Happen. I went, I held up one finger. I said, two things happened. <laughs> I said, two things happen here. Number one, you establish yourself as the expert, which experts get paid more. Okay. It's just, you're, you're the authority. Now they're comparing everything they're hearing from other companies. None of the other pond companies are creating this content and educating people and talking about, hey, you can totally do it this, this yourself, but you got to make sure that you don't do this, this, and this, or you're going to kill your koi, which, you know, these koi here are like 800 bucks a piece or whatever, you know what it is? Mm -hmm. So like the more you educate people, um, it, the more it justifies why you're higher priced. And so I think your content and your marketing and your social media going live and things like that, you know, here we are. We're on this project. You know Doug Imhoff, right? Yep. God, I'm like squirreling right now. I have such a fun time talking about this shit. Um, <laughs> Doug's up near Denver several years ago, three, four years ago, five years ago now. I don't know what it was. He gets out of his truck, does a Facebook Live, and he's like, hey, we're standing in some brand new garage doors here in such and such neighborhood, really nice neighborhood. And um, if I recall, he said they're brand new big ass doors. I forget what they're made of. Super expensive doors. And he He's like, what's going on here? And he flips the camera around and there's three garage doors and they're tented. You got the bubbles of plastic, right? That are coming out, taped to the driveway. And then on each bubble of plastic, you got rosin paper. And so Doug goes, what's going on? He opens the thing. He goes in and his foreman is there. You know, let's call him Ryan. And he's like, Ryan, what's with the bubbles and the rosin paper? And his foreman says something along the lines of, well, I know these doors are really expensive and we're staining them. And there were two concerns that I had. And Doug didn't know all this. You know, Doug, he just pulled his camera out and went live. And um, and he says, down the street, we th there's a landscaper and they're cutting stone. And the wind was blowing this way. And we didn't want dust and debris to get on the doors. And then the sun moved and the sun was going to hit the garage doors. So we taped some rosin paper over that and blah, blah, blah. So all it was, it was Doug showing us behind the scenes, right, of what's happening here on the fly. And I want to say within a day or two or three, Doug picked up one or two other stain jobs because he just showed people what really went into it. And the comments were cool. It was like, oh my God, you have an amazing foreman. Wow, your people really care. And that builds his brand without him being a typical advertiser. So that's how all these things can work together. So let's say today I did a video like that. You got a call. Yeah, we want our garage door stain or we want this stain. Well, how'd you hear about us? Oh, you saw this video that you did. You know, now you just go right into the conversation and, um, you know, you 
find out what's important to them, blah, blah, blah. And you talk about the money, you know, let's talk about, they know they got to pay and you know, they got to pay. So why are we hiding it to the end? Cause you know, as well as I do, anytime you go buy something or a sales guys in your house or whatever, you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And the whole time you're just going, what's it cost? What's it cost? So let's, let's, but the content, that's the other piece here. The content part of it, you could tell people what things cost, what ranges are. So by the time they're opting out before they ever picked up the phone and called you, because you're like, oh, that's way too expensive. You know, Marcus Sheridan, you know, he wrote the book, They Ask You Answer. He's a pool contractor. He's now one of the top Forbes marketing speakers in the world. We bring him in to do a lot of trainings, probably three, four, five times a year in our, in our program. Um, gotten to know him well over the years. Um, I recommend people read, they ask you answer. It's a great book on just how to create content, what type of content to make. He bailed his swimming pool company out in the recession because he was willing to sit at his kitchen table and write blogs every night that answered common questions. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so that's really the heart of it. And then what you find is it's kind of another salesperson for you because you have this expert status. Um, and then money's not that big of a deal when somebody finally reaches out to you because they already kind of know what it costs. Exactly. Um, you, you also talk about two things that I think are very important and I'll get to the second one. Yeah. But the first one is, um, I'll just say hanging around people who are successful or they hustle. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're not slackers. They're not, they're not lazy. Um, could you talk about that? Talking about FWs? Yes, sir. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I looked down cause I'm like, am I wearing my shirt? I'm not, I normally have an FW shirt on and, um, and it's, it's in the contractor fight. It's our definition of the a player. Right. And we call it a fucking winner. And so it's hashtag fucking winner. And, um, and it is, it's, it's somebody who's willing to put in uncommon effort, go against the grain, do things, uh, differently, you know, not just for the sake of being polarizing, but just saying, I'm going to stand for something. Um, winners find a way to get crap done. They don't make excuses. They don't take a victim posture. And so one of our, you know, in in my company and any company, I, I have a couple other companies now too. Um, one of the top values is you got to be an FW. Like it's just, who's generally a positive person. doesn't mean you don't have a bad day now and then, but you're, you're a half full type person. Uh, you see opportunities, you see that, um, life doesn't happen to me. It happens for me. Like in our team meetings right now in the contractor fight, you know, we have them every Tuesday. We start every meeting. My team and I were like, hey, what's going good? How's the virus helping us? How are we getting better through this? Like it's a total just different shift. Um, and that's really what we're talking about when we, we talk about the FW. They're willing to get uncomfortable. Uh-oh, you froze. I don't know if you can all hear me. I don't hear you. We're there. Tom. All right, now you're back. All right, cool. Technical difficulties. All good, man. That's what happens. <laughs> so I don't know what you heard, what you didn't hear. Uh, we were just talking about your team meeting, and um, I think that's where we left it at. Yeah, you know, it's just it's a it's a quality of person that I guess at the heart of it is refuses to be a victim. Um, you know, solution oriented, finds a way while other people find excuses and this and that. And it happened on accident one day. I just came up with the term, 
you know, I was like, you know, you want, you want fucking winners or whatever in your company. And I'm like, in fact, we're going to create a thing, hashtag FW or something. And that's how it started. And then next thing you know, we're like selling t-shirts with it and stuff. It was funny. Um, but it all happened on accident. <laughs> and everybody knows if you, you know, the people who you see them yeah. every day, how are you doing today? Uh, you know, it's first thing in the morning and they're miserable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to be around those people. The second thing that I, I love that you talk about is gratitude. Yeah. Um, you know, I deal with anxiety and with a stressful business. I own some mm -hmm. businesses and gratitude. Uh, could you talk about having gratitude and why that's so important? Yeah, I've learned a lot of lessons over the last few years about this gratitude thing. I used to think it was a bunch of hocus pocus and woo woo stuff. And, you know, this I'll be thankful and, you know, whatever. And um, <laughs> I have now totally flipped as I've learned more about first and foremost, myself, but just people in general, we, um, and I first heard this on the Ed Milet podcast. So I don't know if anyone knows that show, but it's good. This is where I heard the data I'm going to give you, even though I've kind of known this stuff, I just didn't have the data, but apparently according to brain experts, we each have about 70 to 90,000 thoughts a day. Most of those are unconscious and most of them are the same thoughts that we had the day before and mostly negative. Okay. That's just kind of how our brains work. And when I think about that, I'm like, this is why it's so important that we have the right affirmations and things like that. Because if we're not intentionally telling ourselves the things we want, we're going to default to the negativity and the same thoughts we had yesterday. Um, this ties into it's called the RAS, the reticular activating system in your brain. It's the part of your brain that basically says, if you're looking at buying a new white F-150 and it's on your mind, you know, and you got hopping online and then you start driving around, you start seeing them everywhere. They've always been there. It's just now you're seeing them because your RAS assigned importance to it. And so, or you know, if you're like, if you're walking around, so basically in a nutshell, it's whatever we tell ourselves, we get more of. Okay. And so I just want to be super intentional. So the, the gratitude thing is, um, really is the start of that for me and my daily habits and things like that is just going, what are three things I'm grateful for? It could be the fact that I had some vitamin water to drink today. It could be, I had a nice bed to sleep in. It could be the sunshine. It could be my team or my family or my girlfriend or whatever it is. And I think when we start our day off focused on the good stuff, we get more good stuff is, is really the simple non-brain doctor way that I can explain this. Um, recently I had a, I have a guy who's my mindset coach. I call him Yoda. And, um, Yoda and I were talking and I said, why is it um, that when something bad happens in our lives, it seems to take us way lower than the good things take us high? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. And we talked over a tequila or two about this and we got to the point, it was more him than me, that... We already have so many of those high times. We just don't draw attention to them the way we draw attention to the things that go bad. So we're, we're usually living in that higher good things happening in my life state. 
more often than we're in the bad things happening. It's just, we just don't put our attention on it, which to him was why it's so important to take some time, five minutes a day and just go, this is what I'm grateful for. Because then you start to recognize those things because they happen actually more than the bad things do. That's what we come up, came up with. I don't know how right we are, but it made sense to me. <laughs> Gratitude helps a lot. If you have yeah. anxiety or any kind of issues like that, mm-hmm. being grateful for who's around you or what happened during the day can definitely reduce stress yeah. and anxiety. Uh, you also you also talk about uh, visualizing, yeah. which is, it, you know, I'm into sports, so I like baseball. Mm-hmm. I know you like football. Mm-hmm. Um, you visualize coming up to the plate and hitting that that RBI double. That goes into the business world as well, right? Oh, you know, it goes into everything. Um, you know, the, my first real experience with it was in high school football. I used to dream of playing for the Wheaton North Falcons in Wheaton, Illinois, and being part of the, one of the state championship teams. Uh, I'm 50. They won it in 79. Then they won it in 81. And I was a little kid. I got into high school in 84 and we won it in 1986, my senior year, but I used to visualize being part of that and that happened. But then the real kicker was when I went off to the Marine Corps and, um, in Marine Corps boot camp, you have your graduation and the, and in each platoon, one guy gets awarded dress blues. Everyone else has to wear a different uniform at graduation, but the one guy gets given dress blues. You don't have to buy them. They're awarded to you for being the honor man. And, I was getting on a plane and I was saying goodbye to my parents to ship out there. And I remember turning around as I'm walking when parents could walk you to the plane. Right. And I turned around and I looked at my dad and I pointed and I said, the next time you see me, I'll be in dress blues. And all I did was just picture myself being that guy, being that guy, you know, 13 weeks later, I was that guy. Um, I've seen it happen, you know, multiple times with relational things. I've seen it happen with, fitness things. I, I, one of my clients, he, he sold a $217,000 job over the phone and he did it live in front of our group. Wow. You know, the group was muted and stuff. And, and he told the customer they were recording the call and blah, blah, blah. And it was, so it was fine, you know, like a lot of companies do. And, um, and it was in our closed group. So it wasn't like live to the world. Right. And so he, um, he told everybody, for, I knew this call was coming for a few days. For a few days now, I've been visualizing selling this project to him for X amount of dollars in 15 minutes. And so I wasn't on the call, but I talked to him later and I said, how did the call go? He says, I didn't do it in 15. I said, what happened? He says, it did it in 12. <laughs> okay. And so, you know, I've seen it with the money thing. You know, one of the things I write in my, my planner quite frequently here um, is I am a magnet Okay. I'm a magnet for money and success. Like I tell myself and I visualize what that, whatever that means to me. And so, um, another guy I know wrote himself, you know, did the old Jim Carrey thing. Jim Carrey wrote himself a $20 million check and said, I'm going to be able to cash this one day, you know, for getting paid this much to do a movie. And so my buddy was like, well, I'm going to write myself a hundred thousand dollar check. He carried that damn thing around in his wallet and every, for two years in a row, he had to cross out the year and write a new year on it and stuff. And then in the third year, he was able to stroke himself at the end of the year, at the end of everything else, a check for a hundred thousand bucks. And he actually has that check now framed in a plaque thing that's on his desk to remind him of the power of the mind. So it might take a while to get there. You got to get uncomfortable and level up your skills or whatever, but you got to keep that vision in front of you. Amazing. 
Uh, Tom, can I hire a salesperson who doesn't know about uh, painting or landscaping and make them successful? Yep. Yeah. If they can connect with another human being, if they're willing to get uncomfortable and learn how to connect, um, I, I think anybody can taught to sell anything, sell anything. It helps if you're passionate about it. it, helps if you have some other knowledge and spot things, but that's where the training comes in, right? That's where having team meetings and you know, people understanding a little bit and having a good mix between your field guys and your sales guys, understanding you're not at odds with each other, but you're that two wings of the airplane and we need each other. Um, so I think if you have a teachable, humble, coachable salesperson who's willing to be a good listener with the pe the guys on the team, and you have a team that's willing to understand, hey, this is the rainmaker for us or one of the rainmakers for us, you know, let's help him be successful and not rip on him all the time. Um, but that, again, that starts at the top with the type of culture you create in your business. So, but it can totally be done. I mean, you, you and I both know people that have hired people that had no experience slinging a brush or doing whatever. Um, and they totally kicked butt. Absolutely. And that was a selfish, selfish question because yeah. we're looking for a salesperson if anybody <laughs> is out there. Um, Tom, I'm a landscaper. My business sucks. Uh, coronavirus just hit, uh, how can the contractor fight help me and how do we how do we get a hold of you to help us well i i, I think the first thing we're going to do to help you is we've got literally thousands of pieces of just free content that are out there between social media youtube the podcast and all this other stuff that will help you if you're willing to dig a little and learn right it's out there there's plenty of help that you got things that you're doing there's other shows and all that. i mean there's so much help out there uh, I like to think the edge that we have over everyone is we focus a lot more on the mindset. Um, you know, it's, it starts between our ears, the six inches between our ears. If you can, that, that's what the con contractor fight came from was it's not the fight with the world. It's the fight between our ears. And um, once you master that, the rest is just math, you know, it's just, and we got calculators for math. So you don't even have to be good at math, but so I, I think it's the mindset piece and you can go anywhere online and just, search the contractor fight and uh, um, you'll, you'll find us. If somebody wants some free resources on some uh, great word tracks of things for this, this uh, sales process, you can do the contractorfight.com forward slash virtual. Um, and uh, we got a bunch of free resources there for people too. There you are. Look at that, man. Last question. I, I asked this to uh, many different people. So you're kind of polarizing, I, I would say. Um, I would like to think I'm the same way. Um, how do you deal with any negative um, comments you might get online or, or the people who just think it's a bunch of bullshit? Uh, how do you deal with all that? Yeah, well, the polarizing thing really just there's I want to talk about where that comes from versus hell for me is not being me. So if I can't really just be myself, I'm miserable, which is why I'm pretty much unemployable for somebody else, right? Because I'm going to just be pissing my boss off all the time. <laughs> um, but also, there's there's an intentional. Um, I don't I don't want to. None of this. None of it is an act. But sometimes I push the envelope with language and approaches and things like that, because there's a thing called a pattern interrupt. Okay, it's like. Uh, if you haven't seen, I think it's called, I am not your guru, the Tony Robbins documentary from a few years ago, there's this 
5,000 people in this auditorium and this 20 something year old daughter and her mother at her odds with each other standing up, telling their story. And the daughter's just going and she's this and she's this and she's this and just ripping. And Tony Robbins just, and I don't remember his exact words, but he just listened. He listened. You could hear a pin drop in the place and the girl finally gets done. And Tony Robbins looks at the mom, looks back at the daughter and says, what a fucking bitch. <laughs> just like that. And the whole place was like, what? And the mom and the daughter were like, what? And later on, they asked him about it in the interviews or whatever he was doing. Like, what is with that? And he talked about this pattern or up there. They're caught in their own story. You know what I mean? They're caught. It's And it's just rotating back and forth and this and that. And that is a technique to just kind of throw cold water on somebody and go, wake up. And so a lot of things, we, I mean, I tell guys, don't ever do a job ever unless you're going to make at least a 50% gross profit. Now, I know if you know your numbers and you truly know your break even and you're tracking the metrics and you're disciplined about those things, okay, there's guys that are killing it at 30%. There's guys that are killing it at 60%. Okay, but it's it's one of those things that gets a lot of attention because it automatically flares people up into defensive mode going, you can't get that in my area. You can't get that in my industry. So it's, there's things like that, that are just meant to be a pattern interrupt the, the brand of black t-shirts and tattoos and no khakis allowed. And things like that is again, a differentiator from other people that do what I do, because I'm just, um, I'm trying to interrupt this, um, if we're not careful in any industry, the marketing and the messaging just sounds the same across the board. Okay. Um, as far as how do you handle it? You know, listen, there's some things that get said that hurt, you know, I'm, I'm human too. I'm, I'm gentle at heart. Um, (laughs) but nobody, you know, nobody knows the real story of what's going on in here and with my team and the things that we go through and the lengths that we take to help people. Um, if somebody digs a little bit and starts asking people that have worked with us, they see that they have life, forget business changes. They're having life changing results. And so those are the things that kind of keep me going. And then I, I think, um, every time there's a really strong criticism, I, I, I don't necessarily believe it, but I entertain it. I, I, I do. I just go, okay. Sometimes I'll screenshot it and send it to my team and I'll go, is this true? Is this how I came off in this video and blah, blah, blah. And so, um, you know, so, you know, there's, you can learn a lot from criticism, but I think, um, I try to ignore, you know, the good and the bad. And that's something, if you listen to Gary Vaynerchuk, right, he's talked about that for years. He's like, he just doesn't pay attention to the, to any of the things that are said. Um, and I heard that from him years ago. And I think I've done a pretty good job of certainly not at the scale of very Gary V, but I think I've done a good job of kind of ignoring either side of it because I believe I'm only as good as my last, you know, play, right. Or at bat. Um, and so I, I have high expectations of myself. I beat myself up more than my critics ever will, because I, I expect to just dominate and everything and be perfect and kick ass. Um, so I'm, I'm my own biggest critic. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I feel like I've known you forever, uh, and like you've been my coach, but I've never paid you <laughs> to be my coach. Uh, and I've had other coaches man. that I paid. <laughs> um, well, that's awesome. That's why we do this stuff. Yeah. So, so it, it's definitely appreciated. And, uh, hopefully we can touch base one day, maybe in person and, 
and go from there. You can definitely, you know, the contractorfight.com can definitely help out any type of contractor, correct? You'll yep. you work with many yep. different contractors. Yeah, we've worked with, you know, um, you know, 60, 70 million dollar companies down to startups, different programs, residential, commercial. Uh, on the commercial side, we actually do more leadership type things. Um, you know, the, the bigger companies, it's usually more workshop type things and leadership things. And then the smaller guys are more of the tactical, know your numbers and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, but yeah, I got a great team of, of coaches and, uh, people on the back end here that really try to bring, bring the, uh, bring their A game, man. Awesome. So Tom, I appreciate it. I super appreciate you having me, man. This is, oh, absolutely. Uh, this was a blast and anything you ever need, man, let me know. Cool. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. All right, buddy. So there you go, guys. That was Tom Reber. Uh, you know, he's he's pretty awesome. You know, I don't know what you think about him, but uh, sometimes when you tell the truth and um, it's in your face, people don't like it. Uh, even though if it's the right, even though it is the right thing to do, getting the budget on an estimate, you have to do it. And I've got comments before about you can't do that. It's unethical because you're just going to get the budget and then charge the people the amount that they told you for the budget. And that's so far from the truth. But, you know, if I'm going out to do an estimate and I ask, you know, what is your budget for this exterior Victorian house? And you tell me it's twenty five hundred dollars. And we know right away that, you know, a full repaint on a Victorian with three or four different colors, you're starting over ten thousand dollars. Why would we even go out for that? You're wasting not only our time. But you're waiting. You're wasting the homeowner's time, uh, and it goes for any kind of contracting job that you do. Uh, you have to just, you know, be real. What's wrong with being real? You're going to get some nasty comments. You're going to have people who don't like you. You're going to have customers who don't want to use you. But you know what? You're also going to have a lot of clients who do like you and who want to use you and know that you know what you're doing. So. You're going to get bad reviews. You're going to get bad comments, but you're also going to get good comments and great reviews. So don't forget about all the good stuff. So Tom, I appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to my podcast. If you're looking for social media content for your contracting business, painting contractors, carpenters, electricians, any type of contractor, please check us out on Instagram at Amato Media or check us out on LinkedIn. We can definitely help you all out. So have a great day.